Did you know that 75% of the population suffers from glossophobia? What am I talking about? Fear of public speaking. But it can be a huge differentiator when it comes to career success. This is just one of the reasons Jamie and I are always advocating for you to speak in public, and there's lots of opportunities. Stick around while we explain what we mean, how to get over your fear, a fear that almost everyone has, and then some tips on talks you can put together and our opportunities. And I really do mean that. I'm not joking. Hey, guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, and I am joined by a man who's got a lot of experience in the area of public speaking to the accounts payable and accounting community. Jamie Radford is CEO of the AP Association. There's a link to his organization in the show notes below. Today, what we're going to try and do is nudge you into an area outside of the comfort zone of many, speaking in public. As you know, this is the last talk in a series of five for the week as we celebrate our wonderful community during AP Appreciation Week. Now, Jamie, most people want to get ahead in their careers. They'd like to be promoted. They'd be thrilled if another company approached them with a job offer when they weren't even looking. But the latter doesn't happen unless you come onto their radar. radar. And sitting in your office working digitally away isn't likely to get you on anyone's radar. So, Jamie, let's dive right in. Did you know that 10% of the public actually loves public speaking? And when I watch you on stage, I think you are part of that 10%. I'm part of the 90%. I'm I'm the one sitting in the background nervous, the knees. But but it doesn't surprise me. Look, it's when you do it, it's like anything. Practice makes perfect. Put yourself out of the comfort zone. Try it. You may like it. And actually, sometimes those nerves, that adrenaline, makes you even better. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm usually nervous a little bit at the beginning, and then it goes away. And um, that even little nervousness at the beginning had gone away because I'd done it so much. But then we had COVID. And for almost three years, I didn't do any public speaking. I did a lot of, you know, webinars. You and I, God knows, did enough together during this period. But uh, this summer, I went and did a, a talk at a controller for a controller's conference. So the night before, I'm in my hotel room, and I'm, all of a sudden, I'm very nervous. And I thought, oh, no, don't tell me that I haven't done this for three years, and now I'm going to go back to where I, I'm, I'm now back in grammar school, so to speak. And I'm going to be nervous about speaking because it's not a fun feeling. I'm not going to lie. And you know what happened? So I was like, all right, just deal with it, Mary. I went down <clears throat> the morning to give the talk. I was talking right before lunch. And the woman, uh, you know, they signed me up. They gave me my bag and all that. She said to me, why don't you go sit in the back? So I went in the back and I sit and I sat down. And it was a room like all the other conferences, like your conference, Jamie. And all of a sudden I felt at home. It was like, this is where I belong. And the the nerves went away. So I was a little relieved to be perfectly honest. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit. Let's give the audience some tips on um, getting rid of that nervousness, which I think a lot of people came to hear. Now, and you may be different, so I'm curious to hear your experience. But for me, speaking online is much less stressful than speaking in person. Yeah, no, I think Mary, I think you're right. I mean, speaking online, like we are today, um, you don't have an audience in front of you. You know, there is probably thousands of people watching this, but you don't see them. So you don't feel the vibe that you don't see those sets of eyes on you. So right. it can be a more comfortable situation. If you're pre-recording, that can be a bit more challenging. 
But actually, whether you're in front of a live audience or you're doing it online, know your subjects. If you're an expert in your field and you know your subjects, you probably want to be tips, Mary. If you know your subject, you'll get through it. You'll get through it, right. And one of the differences or downfalls is uh, there is no audience feedback. So when we speak in, when you speak in a live setting, you can look in the audience, you can see that they're getting it. They're smiling at you, or at least hopefully somebody in the audience is smiling at you. If you're lucky, Jamie's there and he's smiling at you. But when you're speaking like this, um, there's no, especially if you're doing it alone or you're doing it on a webinar, which I do a lot of, um, even if someone else is on the line with me, there's nothing. I call it Mary in her office talking to herself. <laughs> Um, so Jamie, Jamie was right. Um, if you pick a topic that, you know, it's going to go a lot easier, uh, then sometimes, I don't know, has this ever happened to you? You get assigned to topic, you know, it a little bit, but so you put a talk together and then you pray when the questions come up that they don't ask you something you don't know. Oh, all the time. I mean, back in my career of accounts, power managers, shared service center managers, um, presenting somebody else's info was always a challenge because you were always dreading the questions. You could just about get it through producing the slides and presenting, but then you were dreading the questions. But look, that's that's the number one rule. Know your slides, it's your slides you're presenting, and that should make you through that, that process. So yeah, <laughs> know your stuff, that's the thing I'd say. So I, I got another tip for that. Um, it's know your co-presenter stuff as well. I've done, uh, I, I, I can think of two instances, and one was with Tom Flynn, who, you know, was on <clears throat> showing the juggling, where the co-presenter got kicked out of the room for whatever reason, and we're live, it was Tom, Tom, and I literally had not looked at his slides, I was like, okay, I'm doing one, two, three, he's doing four, five, six, I can relax, or so I thought, and he gets picked out, and I'm sitting there going through my slides thinking, please, please get back. <laughs> so I'd like to share, if you're doing with co-presenter, at least look at their slides. So speaking of co-presenting, I think for people who are nervous about uh, speaking um, a little bit, if you co-present with someone like we're doing here or you're on a panel discussion, that's a great way to get started. And I find it less stressful. Yeah, Mary, I mean, you mentioned the conference earlier, so we've got a conference coming up uh, in, in a few weeks' time. Having a panel of experts makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel like you're having a chat with three or four other people rather than speaking to an audience of 500 or whatever it's going to be. So, yeah, so if you're new to it, joining a panel to give your expertise and feeling that support and that love from that, that, that panel is always a great way to dip your toes into the water. So I might be getting ahead of our, our, our little outline, and if I am, I apologize, Jamie. But what he's alluding to is we both have opportunities for you to uh, speak. So if you are interested in speaking either in person or, you know, on a panel discussion, even sometimes with a short one, I do a lot of short stuff, um, please get in touch with one of us. Agree? Absolutely, Mary. Let's The more the merrier. That's what I was <laughs> And you're always looking for new speakers, aren't you? With new expertise, people who yeah. look at things a little differently. You and I, some time ago, we ran a program called the AP Rockstar Program. Um, exceptional program. We were trying to build build the next level and the next series of people coming through. Um, and it was exceptional. It's one of those that we need to probably look at again, Mary. Yeah. We're always looking for new people to come on, give their opinions, give their hear their voice, get on platforms such as live, in person, whatever. Yes, absolutely. And 
And by the way, if you're in the accounts payable or the accounting community, don't think, oh, they're not talking to me. Yes, we're talking to you. Okay. Absolutely. So now you're getting ready to give your talk. Now that we get, I'll get off the soapbox. <laughs> and you're, you're getting ready to go up on stage and you're nervous. Okay. So thoughtful, slow breathing. Breathe in, breathe out. Because otherwise you might find yourself here and your heart's racing. So you want to bring your heart, heart rate down. Do, do you do that at all? Yeah, to be honest, Mary, I think it's like you said earlier, I think it's that first few seconds, you know, when it's like a singer, when a singer goes on stage and opens their mouth, they're hoping their very first note comes out spot on. Right. <laughs> it's the same with your breathing. Take your time. There's no rush. You're up on stage. People are eagerly looking to listen to you, whether it's virtual or online. Take your time. Get your breathing correct. Get you Find your confidence and find your voice. So you're up there, you're talking, you're a little nervous. This is obviously a live session. It doesn't work uh, online, but, you know, it may. Find a friendly face and talk to them. So I'm looking right now at Jamie, even though it doesn't look like I am. So I'm, I found my – but don't just talk to that one person for the whole talk, okay? First of all, it's really unnerving when you are that person, number one. <laughs> number two, everybody else is like, what about us? So once, you know, you talk, you – talk to Jamie, and then you relax a little bit, you scan the room. So you want to make sure you look at, at all sides of the room so nobody feels like they're left out. I sometimes forget, and I'm a mile away, and then I'm like, oh, I never looked over there. So you look over there. Yeah, and you know what, Mary, it's, it's a great example. I have a young daughter who, she's she just literally is made for public speaking because she has a way of trying to communicate via eyes, eye contact mm. with an audience, so you're right, to start with, focus, somebody that might give you a bit of confidence to get you going. And then remember, everybody in that audience, like you go to a pop star band, they all want to feel that you're talking to them individually. So scan that room, give them some eye contact, really important. Okay, so the next one, and we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but let's talk about it again. Be prepared. And being prepared sometimes might just be an outline on the back of an envelope with your key points that you want to make sure um, you, uh, you you cover. I mean, I was at one meeting. <clears throat> I said to the guy, oh, look, you may as well get used to this. And I pulled out a pad. And he said to me with my little notes on it, <clears throat> he said, you may as well get used to this. And he pulled out his <clears throat> cell phone where he had his notes. So are you an envelope guy? Yeah, well, yeah, sort of, man. I'm in between. <laughs> so I'll use whatever media is available to me. But the point about the bullet points is really important. Sometimes it can be a little sticky notes. You know, if, we, we had a session earlier in the week, Mary, and if you've got a point to make, make sure you've got that down on a little notepad, something that, what is it you want to leave that audience with? Do not kick yourself when you go off stage or you're, <laughs> and you think, oh, I wish I'd have said that. That would make, be me. <laughs> <laughs> make the point. Get it dotted down. Get that bullet point down. Really important. Okay. So then you want to also be in the best physical shape, if you will. So get a good night's sleep. If you're at a conference, don't go out drinking with a bunch of people the night before and get into your room at two o'clock and then you're on at nine o'clock in the morning. Not a pretty, pretty situation. That's a hard one to, to do, isn't it? It is, you know, because the problem with, the, like, let's say, a conference, Mary, you're so excited, you want people to come along, you're trying to engage with people. Actually, if you're an expert, you're somebody that wants to do the best you can for your audience, you're, you're, um, you're absolutely spot on. Take it professionally. Get yourself to bed early at night. Your brain will kick in. 
you know, you'll be excited. You'll have all these emotions going over. Calm yourself down. Turn this thing off, the phone. Turn that off if you can. Don't have the blue lights at night. And just calm yourself down. You will be brilliant. You will be special. But you're just going to get that little bit of sleep. And by the way, you can put your notes, your little list of bullet points. You can put it on your cell phone. That might be one, one of the few times it's okay to have it opened. Of course, if it rings, then you're not so good. All right. Um, likewise, um, don't say, don't get up in the morning you're going to give your talk and say, oh, I'm too nervous to eat. Eat. Okay. Have a little food in your stomach, not right before you go up on stage, but um, have something in your stomach. It will help um, reduce your anxieties. Do you eat? Yes, so I do, Mary. So you're really important. It's just one of those where, yes, okay, you might be nervous. Yes, you might feel that you might not want to eat, but it does settle you down. It settles any nerves. Actually, and also, let's say you've got a microphone on. I'm used to wearing microphones on. The last thing you want to have is a rumbling tummy. So make right. sure <laughs> your brain needs a bit of brain power. You need that concentration. So have a look. even if it's just a spot of breakfast or spot of lunch, whatever it might be, spend on time, have some food. Think about the brain. Think about what you're trying to do. So the next thing you want to do when you're, you're again, live speak, but whether this is live or, or you're doing an online thing, you want to get there early. Okay. The last thing you want to do is be, get, be in a cab you know, cursing the cab driver because he won't, you know, go 100 miles an hour. Um, and you want to also get there early enough to make sure the technology works. Um, sometimes they have it all set up for you and they just want to put the lavalier on, but that can take a few minutes. Other times you'll be told to bring your own laptop and you want to make sure um, that you can plug it in and it, it'll work because there are all different types of uh, adapters. And at least for me, the last thing I want is to be on stage plugging stuff in, having everybody watch me and it's not working because I'm doing it wrong. You're nice yeah. though. You have everything set up for everybody ahead of time. Yeah, look, we try to. We try to. What, what, you're absolutely spot on though, Mary. Look, the reality is there's enough to think about when you're presenting. Like Mary said, look at the audience, make sure you're clear. Make, you know, there's lots of things to think about. Try to think about the technology you'll ask. So prepare in advance. Make sure it's working. Make sure you've got enough time in your diary or your day to, to look at that. So you can then focus on great doing and delivering a great tool. And don't worry about the technology at all. Absolutely. So the next one, don't read. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen people, they type out their whole talk page after page. It's a great talk, but they read it. And if it's a live setting, the audience sees it. That's really not good. But even if it's online, they can tell and you're not the same. So that's why I'm a big bullet point person. Yeah. Oh, Mary, you're right. I mean, look, it's, it's also, it's almost an insult to the audience, isn't it? You know, I'll read out what's on the slide for you because you can't read. Absolutely no. Now, what they're listening for is they're listening for your opinion. So the bullet points or the slide is an aid memoir. Give your opinion. Talk them through. Give your expertise. Don't read the slide. Anybody can do that. So I remember this was, oh, this is maybe... 10, 15 years ago, um, I worked for a company, they put conferences on and I kind of reviewed the agenda, but I wasn't involved with recruiting the speakers. Thank God, because that, as Jamie knows, is a thankless job. It's, it's really difficult. So we had one and we had a guy, he did, he had great information, but he had his whole talk uh, typed out and he read it. So come time to put on the next one, they came and go, going over the speakers with me. And I said, okay, you can ask him but you have to tell him he can't read. 
And I thought, thank God, I'm not the one who has to tell him this because that's that's never a pretty mess. <laughs> I felt terrible about it, but my responsibility was not. Uh, to him. So anyway, they did. And he came to give his talk. He was great. He got up, he walked up and down the aisle. He talked. It was wonderful. So don't think you won't be great. Um, you will be, you'll be good. And which leads me to my next tip. If it's the first time you're doing it, unless you're Jamie's daughter, you're probably not going to be great, but you'll get by. And remember the audience for the most part is be, is rooting for you. So don't beat yourself up just get through it and do it because, you know, like riding a bike, you fell off once or twice and then you got it. Yeah, Mary. I mean, never a truer word said, you know, don't be your worst own critic. You know, there's always something right. you could have done, something better you could have done. But look, just having the confidence to do it in the first place. You have a big round of applause from me. Go and do it. Don't beat yourself up on it. Try it. And you're right, Mary. And let's be honest, who has the best audience in the world? We do. Yeah, right. audience absolutely are so forgiving. They're rooting for you. They want you to do the very best. And you know what? When you mumble your words up, you get it all back to front. As long as the message comes out, you'll always get support from our audience. You know, years ago, uh, the company I worked for sent me to a public speaking course. They were, were great about sending everybody to different things. So um, when we started, I they said, what do you want? And I said to the instructor, I want to get rid of that little quiver that I hear in my voice when I speak. So he said, you're the only one who hears that. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, no, he's wrong. I didn't say it, but I thought it. And so at the end, they taped us. And you know what? He was right. That little quiver that I thought was in my voice, it wasn't there. It was not there at all. So, Jamie, uh, one of the great places to get experience if you don't have the opportunity to speak all the time at conferences or you maybe you want to practice a little bit before you get up in front of your uh, professional network is Toastmasters. Um, and so I suggest to people that they join the local Toastmasters. You just get online and find where your local group is. Yeah, and again, in the UK, we have a similar group. Um, and then also... A lot of the people that I, I get to speak to, they go and join their lo local theatre groups. So they go oh. and get involved in, you know, whether it's backstage, front stage, it's just having a, a platform to, for other people to listen to you speak. So I find that the more I speak, the less anxious I get. And this is our, our chance, Jamie, to plug our opportunities. Both Jamie and I have opportunities for you. Now, I uh, have the podcast and uh, we do what we call sound bites, which are, which are short little ones. So it might only be five minutes. So it's a good way to get your feet wet. I'm going to tell you that, you know, everybody has a secret skill. My skill is I can talk to somebody for five or 10 minutes about what they do and probably come up with three things that they can talk about, even though they're, they're saying, I, I don't know. So if you think you'd like to speak, you know, send me an email, contact me through LinkedIn and I'll, I'll find a topic for you. Jamie? Yeah, tell, no, us, and again, tell us about, you've got a lot of opportunities. Hey, listen, Mary, I've got far too many. But, uh, you know, <laughs> let, me, let me pay you probably the biggest comments, uh, the compliment I can give you. You're an absolutely brilliant host. You make people feel comfortable. Thank you, you pull the best out of people because you're actively listening. And you're right. You, you hear things in people's commentary that you then refresh to them. You and I, every time we finish something, you'll always send me an email. Jamie, I think you've got three more talks. I can, <laughs> right. I can fill a year's of the content just on Mary. 
So look, there's a big compliment. And yes, we've got lots of opportunities there, as you know. We've got a conference that's face-to-face. -face. Um, that's in a few weeks. We do. We have an APTV channel, so we do some live sessions. We're bringing a podcast back from you know from where we were. We've got lots of opportunities, and we've got lots of medias. So if you're not wanting to be on a camera, we can do that on a podcast. If you want to be face-to-face, -face, you can come to a conference or a summit. Lots and lots of opportunities. Find your voice. Find what's comfortable for you. We will have a platform, no doubt, to give you that opportunity. Yes, he will. Yes. And we really, it's one way to grow your brand. Remember we talked at the beginning about uh, having people come and make you a job offer when you weren't even looking. Looking. Um, you know, this is how Jamie and I met, to be to be perfectly honest. Okay. And my last tip on the on 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 you know getting over your nerves, and then we'll move on to preparing your talk and the differences between live and um, online. Um, have fun. This is meant to be fun. It's meant to be educational. Yes, especially if you're giving a talk at a conference or a, on a podcast, you're sharing your experiences. But have fun. And Mary, look, you know. Absolutely, you and I, we have we have we have a laugh and a, lots of fun all the time. And, and you know what? One of the things, and again, I don't know the psychology and, and the phys physiology of this, but smile. You know, right. people, people can see you enjoying it and enjoying what you do. Not only does it make you feel better, it makes the audience feel better. So right. Smile, get involved in that, that, that audience with them, and yes, above all, have a bit of fun. Life is about too short not to have some fun. In fact, you know, I always have a good time when I give talks, not that you'd know it. And I was horrified the first time I saw my a tape of myself. I'm like, I didn't smile. <laughs> and plus, they say smiling uses up more calories, you know, so exercise too. All right. So uh, let's talk about a little bit about um, the difference between presenting live and online. And of course, now we have hybrid Zooms. Um, so if if you're when you're online, especially if it's in a webinar and it's, it's only audio, it's not there's no video like this. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself. Do you? Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, yeah. And again, Mary, well, look, it's it's the first sign of going crazy, isn't it, when you start talking to yourself? So the feeling of talking to yourself, but it's the overcoming it. So remember, you know, if, I don't know about you, but when I'm preparing. I have some of the best conversations when I'm in the car on my own. <laughs> so, so you know, you probably do the same. So, yeah, look, yes, that, that's an absolute, yeah. Right. Okay. So just, just keep that in mind and know that, you know, everybody has that. Um, I remember in, when webinars first started, actually we called them audio conferences, um, and I invited a guy who I knew was a great speaker. I saw him at conferences, and it was going to be his first one, and I said to him, I got to tell you, it's different than doing um, a live conference. He was like, ah, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And so afterwards, I said, so what did you think? And in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, he's an A-plus conference speaker, but he was like a B uh, webinar because it was the first time he did it. He said, you were right. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> All right. So. When you're online, you need to be a little bit more animated, um, especially if there's no video, uh, because, you know, you want to keep people's attention. You you agree? Yeah, look, Mary, you know I use my hands an awful lot, and not only in live presentations, but, you, you know, a lot of now I'm trying to express myself. And because I don't have the ability for people to look at me, I'm trying to give you a point. Right. So, you know, animate yourself, use your eyebrows, your eyes, use your teeth, you, you know, whatever. Smile. <laughs> Smile. You know, trap that person hopefully to what you're saying because yeah. you're behind a screen. 
Use whatever you, you have available to you. Right. And I saw, I saw this. It was a great one. I didn't come up with this on my own. But they said, like, if you're going to give three to points, go one, two, three. Use your fingers to count it off. It's just one way. So online, if you're animated and you're doing everything that you can, just assume they're paying attention. You can't see their you can't see their faces. Um, you can look at the questions if they if they're coming in to see if they miss something, but just assume they're paying attention. Um, you're yeah. probably not a hundred percent right, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Mary, look, whether you're you know if you do it live to people, there's going to be people not going to be watching. But if you're doing it on a Zoom or you're doing it on a, on a on a platform similar to this, absolutely assume everybody's listening because you don't want to be put off for your message. Deliver how you're going to do it, what you're going to do it. If somebody's not listening to you, that's their problem. They're missing out, not you. And one last point about this is about online um, events. And actually, we should carry it over into live events. Online, they can click off in the blink of an in instance, and you don't know. Usually in live events, people are too polite to get up and walk out, or at least I am. So get to the point as quickly as you can. Don't you know, tell them your life story, just a teeny bit and then move into what they came to hear. Yeah, I mean, again, Mary, you're an expert at this. You know, if you watch any of Mary's 300 plus videos that she has, Mary starts the videos with a point, something she wants to bring you into. She may introduce the guests or herself during the session, but then she leaves you something at the end of that. That's what they're there to. They listen to you, your expertise, your voice, your opinion. Yes, they want to get to know you, but they can meet you offline or they can meet you for a coffee or whatever it is. You've got a very short attention span Deliver your message, deliver what you're trying to do. All righty. Before we get to some tips on preparing talks, and we do have a few, if you like this episode, please give us a thumbs up. If you loved it, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe. We produce new content for this channel three times a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are devoted to payment and accounts payable issues, and Saturdays are reserved for Wordle. Your thumbs up and comments help us. Um, okay, let's say now we're going to prepare a talk. Um, I like to think about who the audience is, uh, Jamie, and I always ask the, the conference presenter, uh, uh, organizer, or if it's going to be a webinar, um, even if it's going to be for one of the service providers, who's the audience? Because you want to focus your talk that way? Yeah, absolutely. Just like if you, if you was a, a manager working in a working environment, talking to your team and talking to the board of directors, they're totally different ways that you'd probably go and approach it. It's the same when you're doing a speech. If you're standing even, up, sorry, Mary. Even if the information is the same. Absolutely, yeah. There's different approaches to it. And, and also, it's, it's different how you deliver the core points of the message because it can mean different things to different people. So be prepared, know your audience, ask the questions. You know, a lot of the time when you're delivering to an account payable audience, you sort of know who they are, but actually, what's the demographic? Where are you talking? Where in the world are you talking? Do they understand? You know, I've spoken in Europe, I've spoken in the US, spoken in the UK. I have to slow myself down sometimes because they don't understand what I'm saying. Yep. Okay. So now before you get started, read the schedule. Figure out how much time you have. Do you have an hour? Do you have 30 minutes? Do you have 40 minutes? Okay. It's number one, if it's a live session, it's rude. It's really rude to the next speaker to take more time than you're unallocated. And if you're on a, on a webinar or something, they'll just cut you off. Yeah. And you, you're right, Mary. And also, let's be honest, the audience, it's, it's better to give less than more. To get your point across, let, let, let the audience feel as though they want to hear more from you, but don't just gobble it all out. 
do that little nitpick. You're very good again, Mary, this with your 10 minute type videos, because actually I want to listen to your next video because I've listened to the first one and I want to know the next in the series. Don't give it all and don't monopolize the conversation. So I'll share a, a learning experience. When we first started AP Now and we did our, our webinars, we advertised them as an hour and 15 minutes but we actually made them an hour and a half. We thought everybody would be so th thrilled at this extra value we were giving them. Yeah, Jamie's laughing because he knows what happened. I cannot tell you, we did it twice, I think, how many complaints we got. People had reserved the conference room and they had to get out of the conference room because their time was up. People had lunch dates, they had a leave. <laughs> we stopped that right away. <laughs> the extra value was only in my head. <laughs> Okay, so grab their attention right off the bat. I'm going to share with you, I can't tell a joke. I, I, I hear the joke. I think it's hysterical. I'm rolling on the floor. I can't tell a joke. Um, so don't if you can't. How about you, Woody? Yeah, Mary, you know that I was. I try to have some form of humor, but I don't tell a joke. You know, what I might do is I might use some topical discussion that's going on at the time. But actually, yeah, if you tell a joke and you just see that tumbleweed moment where it's coming across the audience, you know, don't put yourself through it. Talk about it, be engaged, smile, be good and confident. Only if you're really confident and you want to be a stand-up comedian, add a joke in. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I think the joke is hysterical and everyone's looking at me like, what's she talking about? All right. If you're using PowerPoint, use it as an outline. Don't fill it with information. Um, I like to uh, use, uh, I heard this from, again, it's not me, the 6624 rule, no more than six lines, no more than six words on a line, and at least 24 font. Um, what some people do is they make the font smaller because they want to stick more information on the screen, on the slide. If you catch yourself doing it, stop it. You've got too much information. Yeah, and uh, mate, Mary, you and I did a program, yeah, and you you taught me this, and I've used it ever since. You oh, know, do you? So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a great learning, but but what I've tended to do now is take it to the other extreme. I yeah. I use probably three or four words, yeah. and I'm, you know I have my notes and I talk because I don't want people reading what's behind me. I want them to listen to what I'm telling them. Yeah, if you put everything on the slides, first of all, they'll read ahead. And then you'll be on slide three and somebody will be raising their hand and they'll say, be saying on slide seven, you say, and you're like, I'm not at slide seven. So don't, don't do that to yourself. Okay. All right. So you want to prepare your outline. I think we beat, we beat that. <laughs> so if you're asked a question and you don't know the answer, um, you may be thinking, why are you asking me that? Why do you think I would know that? But you know, you don't say that. You just tell them you'll get back to them. And then you do. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, look, the devil's in the detail, as they say, Mary. The outline, the prep is a really important factor. And again, you know, don't try and overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it. But having an outline is absolutely an important factor for anything, whether you're doing it online or face-to-face -face in a conference. Be prepared. That's the, the, the moral there. So if you're going to speak at a conference and you're asked to submit a, a talk or on a webinar, you want to give it a snappy title one that conveys what you mean, but also uh, presents a little bit of intrigue. So um, people are curious and they want to come. This is not the time to be esoteric. Say what you mean. So I'm going to give you some examples that I've had success with and I want my big flop, if you will. I've had success with free, 
frequently overlooked internal controls. Um, seven trends that will impact every AP manager's career. AP best practices. So those are all things at least our audience wants to hear. But I had a real dud. I wrote a book. I thought it was a great book. Um, and I couldn't come up with a title for it. So I gave it the title, New Payments World. And I said to my editor, this isn't a good title, but you guys are great at coming up with titles. Can you come up with a better title? He said, sure, don't worry about it. They published the book as New Payment World. And I don't know, I sold five copies. <laughs> so tell them what it is, but try and put some intrigue. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you do that? Yes, it's one of the most successful sessions I've ever done, Mary, was something I came up with the title. I was creative. And it was called The Perfect AP Sandwich. And effectively, all it was, was looking at the front end of the AP process and the back end of the process. And we were the filling. And you know what? Hundreds of people uh, went along because they were intrigued. And the content was brilliant anyway, because I had some guests with me. But it was all in the title. It came down to what was I delivering? What was the message I was trying to get? A little bit of intrigue. And the people who spoke on the day did a amazing job as well. Okay. Huh, that's an interesting I'm thing. I want to hear that one. <laughs> so you want to practice. So you have an idea. Do I have enough information? Do I have an, uh, too much information? Um, I have a general rule of thumb. And again, this is one that I read someplace. Uh, people said two minutes per slide. So if you're going to give an hour talk, you have 25 to 30 slides. Now, I know myself. I talk fast. So I usually have 50 to 60 uh, slides for a one-hour talk. I have to remind myself if it's a new person I haven't spoken with to tell them, hey, I talk fast. This is what I need. But if you're just getting started, figure two minutes per slide, but practice to see if that's what it is for you. You probably could do like five minutes a slide. Yeah, and you, well, you know, Mary. I mean, I can I can make up time or bring time down because it's years of experience and all that good stuff. But with all the things you've got to think about on the day of speaking, have it as a rule of thumb, roughly two minutes. Don't overcomplicate it, don't worry about it, and hopefully somewhere, somebody will be keeping you on time with how long you're going, and maybe an expert tip here is if you're going up on time and you've got 30 minutes, have a little clock so you can see where you are in terms of what the time is saying and where you are in your presentation. Yeah. And by the way, you want to keep uh, track of where you are throughout the, the talk. So I like to mark, like if I'm going to give an hour talk, where I want to be at the 15 minute mark, the 30 minute mark, because I have to tell you, I did a talk one time. It, it was for a group that was offering CPEs, which in the United States, one CPE is 50 minutes. You have to talk 50 minutes. I think it was a two hour session and I was 10 minutes short when I got to the end and I basically babbled for 10 minutes <laughs> so try and keep your eye on it. Yeah. Oh, so my last uh, tip, um, come with seed questions in case there are none. Or so Jamie doesn't ask you which politician you like best. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't ask that one. Um, yeah, look, I mean, again, you know and I know, Mary, we, we do things like webinars, with solution partners, whatever. And sometimes the audience can be very interactive Sometimes yes. not so much. Have you seen questions? And remember also, your seed question could be, again, alleviating the point you want to get across. Make sure right. whatever you want to get across, have that as a seed question. Because it could just be going back over the core messaging, but always have them to hand just in case. 
that was that's that's a great point. I have to remember that one. So <laughs> professional success can all too easily be de derailed, as many have learned the hard way. We recently did a very short broadcast on three common career killers. You can watch it right now using the link that will appear momentarily on YouTube and is in the show notes below, along with Jamie's contact information. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, your subscribes, your shares, and your comments.